This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Okay, so I'm in the van and I am starting the van and I am hitting drive and I am going to the theater right now. It's a solo movie road trip. I don't know when this will get released because uh, just the whole like publishing schedule that we've had that's now going to be pretty uh, pretty packed, uh, even though it's we've had some time of not a lot of uh, episodes coming out. That's my fault. I lost two episodes to my computer, um, which is because I did something with my computer and, and I did it wrong. And now it's lost. But um, but I haven't said the title. It's Road Trip, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to go see that in the theater on the big screen. And I'm really excited to go and do this. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll play the music now. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> Boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Now that the music is done... I'm going to continue my drive to the theater. This is to the theater that I don't like. So this is to the Cinemark Theater that has the reclining seats. And I'm not a big fan of that theater. Uh Uh-oh, better make sure I have my mask here. Uh, I thought I saw it. So this is one of the things that's a little bit different about... uh, Better go back around the block and get my mask out of my uh, other car so special show pricing of five dollars a ticket and all of the shows that are showing at the theater are uh, I think old there's some titles I didn't recognize and that's okay Um, I didn't recognize them because I'm not interested in them so uh, back home to get my mask out of my car I don't know if I should bring you with me or not, but I guess I am. So, um, yeah, so it's a different, different setting uh, for the movie because, like I said, I do have to get a mask. Uh, there is going to be seats that are not available because of distancing. So that's different. And I'm back in the van, going to get buckled up, and then head back out to the theater. All right. 
Got my mask. You're supposed to wear your mask unless you're enjoying popcorn or a snack in the theater. That's uh, the wording from their website. And it does, it makes for a, a different experience. And I'm actually really curious. Uh, I thought that our first uh, movie going experience for a road trip would be Tenet, uh, but that's not coming out quite yet. Um, looks like the first uh, road trip that I'll be taking with Evan will be New Mutants. Now, depending on the release uh, schedule that we take, that might end up being um, released before this one. So I'm not even sure if this one's going to get released. But um, yeah, just talking about how different it is, though. Um, got the masks, you got the distanced seating, you've got um, the old, you know, movies. So Empire Strikes Back, I don't know if this would have been one of those special releases that they would have done anyway. If it hadn't have been the, the COVID-19 situation. Uh, Goonies is also a, a movie that was available. Um, trying to think if Jurassic Park was one. Pretty sure Jurassic Park was also available as, as a show showtime. Uh, the other thing that this movie theater is doing is allowing for um, theater rentals. You get to rent the theater and you get every seat in the house for a uh, hundred bucks, which actually comes out to $5 a ticket um, if you have 20 people. And so that's actually something I'm doing this weekend is we are renting a theater for my wife's birthday. And we will be inviting a bunch of her close friends and their spouses. And I'm not sure how they are gonna like really enforce the distancing because it's your friend group that's coming. Um, but it will be something that, uh, you know, only 20 people in the theater. And I have a feeling that that's kind of what it's going to be like when I go in for this one. So I do remember going to see, I believe it was Alien. Yes, I believe it was Alien that when I went and saw that, that was, uh, no, it was King Kong. And I was feeling a, just a little bit weird because um, we were just getting started where people were saying, hey, you should probably distance, not going be in areas with crowds. And I felt a little bit guilty almost going. Um, the show was sold out, but the theater was not full. And so I, you know, a lot of people just didn't go on that weekend. And not too long after that, theaters were closed and restaurants and that sort of thing. And so now here I am going and uh, I just, you know, I, I went back and forth a lot about do I, am I should I do this even? Um, and, and I decided to go, obviously, I'm in the van on my way there. Um, and a big part of it was just, I really want to see The Empire Strikes Back on the big screen again. Uh, granted, they chose some really good movies uh, to put on the big screen uh, this week. So it's not just Empire Strikes Back, it's Jurassic Park, it's Empire Strikes Back but also um, Inception, that's another one. And, and all three of those movies are just uh, great movies to see on the big screen. You know, like I remember when I saw Christopher Nolan's uh, Dark Knight, um, I saw it in IMAX and I, and I got the opportunity to see it twice in IMAX, once around up here in Northern Indiana, once in Central Indiana with my brother and I decided I'm never going to watch this movie again because 
I won't be able to replicate that experience. Uh, but I remember going to see Empire Strikes Back as a kid. I was so excited. And I remember getting in the car. We had to drive an hour away to get to the theater. We lived in Ontario and drove an hour away to get to the theater. My dad, uh, my, my mom, my, my sister and I, this was before my brother was born. And uh, my sister would have been, I don't know, three, something like that. And I was so excited because uh, I couldn't remember the name of the characters, but I do remember seeing commercials that uh, told about this new character, Yoda. And I, and I actually got him confused with Grover because I think I had heard the voice. And so I called him Grover. I remember uh, calling him Grover in the car as we were driving there. I was like, what's the name of that new guy, Dad? Is it Grover? My dad had no idea who, who the new character was because he hadn't seen it yet either. And I don't know if he'd seen any of the commercials. But um, we drove. We got there. Um, I, I remember my dad talking about, you know, people lining up around the block to see this movie. Uh, I We didn't have to worry about that, you know, northern... Uh, well, not northern Ontario, but in, in Ontario there. We just didn't have to worry about that. But um, I doubt it was opening weekend either. Uh I also remember sitting in the theater and my dad reading the the scroll to me as as the crawl was happening and and reading those words and I remember him just leaning over and whispering in my ear the, those words and and then I also remember getting really confused because the good guys were the rebels and I had thought you know everything I knew about the rebels from the Civil War uh, granted you know. Growing up in Canada, I didn't have like the most in-depth knowledge of the Civil War, but everything I knew about the word rebel was that that's that's bad, Reb, rebellion, that's bad. Uh, but that the rebels were the good guys, what? I didn't understand. Um, and then I just remember being swept along by this movie and and just loving the the coldness of Hoth and the the wonder of, of Dagobah and, and the battle at the end. And of course, I always identified the most with, with Luke, Luke Skywalker. I mean, I was a little blonde kid, and of course, he was the young character who was just getting exposed to everything for the first time, learning about the Force and everything. Luke was the guy I related to. And so when at the end, Darth Vader says, no, I am your father, um, I didn't believe him. I didn't believe Darth Vader. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I did not believe Darth Vader. I remember talking to my cousin afterward and my cousin telling me, yeah, Darth Vader is his dad. And I said, no, he's not. And, and uh, he said, yeah, he is. And I said, how do you know? And, I, and he said, because he said so. And I'm like, nope, that was Darth Vader. He was lying. He was lying to get to Luke and to make Luke feel bad and, and whatever. And I, I totally didn't believe it. Just wouldn't accept it. And it wasn't uh, until Return of the Jedi when they confirmed it in the movie that I finally had to accept it because it was confirmed in the movie. So this movie though, um, you know, in some ways I have a lot more memories of this movie because it was a lot older when I saw it. Um, I, of course, hadn't seen Star Wars uh, the first one. I saw it once. And, and then I had like my little Star Wars uh, book and record. And that's the only way I could recreate and, and re-enjoy that story. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that probably flew over my head that I just didn't remember from the first movie as I was watching this second movie. And, it, you know, being a young elementary school kid. But, yeah. So I, I am getting ready to be a kid again. 
and see this thing on the big screen. I just pulled into the theater and I'm about to pull into my parking spot. Got a great spot here. I love it when there's a great spot just waiting for you on, on your way to the theater. Um, actually, I love it in the mall and at church as well. Church, it's easier since I'm one of the first people there. Great spot is always waiting for me. But here I am. I'm at the theater. I am going to stop recording and I'm going to go inside, watch this movie, and then we'll see um, how does it hold up. <laughs> I have a feeling I know the answer to that question. All right, well, that was the movie. And uh, that was interesting. It was interesting uh, the way that they had them spaced. Uh, of course, friend groups then were just sitting together, but they had seats in between as far as the uh, seats that they sold goes. Um, masks were pretty much not being worn during the movie. I wore mine, but I'm a rule follower. Um, yeah, it was... It was fun. Uh, man, seeing it on the big screen just brought back a lot of the, the childhood memories uh, that I don't particularly remember. It doesn't really come back to me or hasn't come back to me uh, watching it on, on DVD or Blu-ray or, or VHS. You know, I mean, that's the way we used to rent Empire Strikes Back when I was younger we taped it off the TV uh, but yeah I uh, first of all I, I uh, gotta apologize to Evan I texted the guys when I was uh, walking out the door and told them that I was doing a road trip and Evan was a little a little uh, miffed that I hadn't invited him but again you know I I mean I just decided to go uh, pretty much just just in time to drive there. Uh, however, the, I missed the crawl. I, I walked in and the, the words were disappearing off the screen. And so um, I, that's that's how close it was when I decided I was going to decide to go and see this. But uh, back to the, the whole childhood memories thing, you know, there. I, as I was watching it... Um, I just remembered like just how I was feeling as a kid watching this unfold, especially for Luke. Um, but I was actually watching this with two eyes. Uh, well, I mean, literally with two eyes, but metaphorically with two eyes as well. One was just this nostalgic thing, you know, where I, I'm watching it and I'm feeling it and I'm remembering these feelings of, you know, Luke Skywalker crashing his ship and, and the thing is coming, it's going to step on him. And, and then... You know, um, Luke getting the, the premonition that something's going to happen to his friends and um, just the hopeless feeling kind of throughout the whole thing. How are they going to get out of this one? You know, that kind of that kind of feeling. But then I was also watching it, trying to think of, of it as, as fresh as I could, uh, but through my adult eyes. And as I was watching, I was just thinking to myself, you know, there's... First of all, this is no surprise, but there's some really good storytelling going on in this movie. And that's why it's considered, you know, for a lot of people, their, their favorite Star Wars movie. Um, but as I was watching, you know, there's just this really condensed uh, setup in the beginning 
of just the relationships between the main cast and setting up who they are, what they do, um, setting up, uh, you know, the stakes uh, by, by really, you know, at the end of the first Star Wars movie, Han Solo's about to leave and he comes back and they're all celebrating together and, and now you can kind of see they've all grown a little bit, but their relationship has grown as well. And, and so you can see just the friendship that's there for, for Luke. You can see the relationship for, for Chewbacca and Han Solo. Um, when Luke and Han are out in the, uh, the frozen wasteland of, of Hoth there, um, you know, and, and they have to close the doors and, and, and just Chewbacca's wail, you know, and you just get a real sense of character and and it sets everything's everything up nicely and then as they move and they separate from each other you know a lot of times i've talked about this where i i don't like it when you have a cast especially like on a tv show and they're together for the first two episodes of the season and then they all split up you know and the whole season is about getting them back together well fortunately for a two-hour movie you don't have to wait so long for them all to come back together but Actually, in this, they don't all come back together. I mean, Han, Han gets taken away. But just they set things up nicely. They, they set the relational stakes nicely. And that's, that's what's another good thing about this movie. You know, there's no Death Star. You know, the, the stakes are all about relationships. The stakes are all about um, choices. And the stakes are all about, you know, saving your friends and, and helping your friends. And, and that's, you know, Luke, he makes the wrong choice maybe uh to leave but he makes it for definitely the right reasons when he when he leaves his training and the other thing i noticed was um every single time when luke really concentrated to use the force he was upside down um when he was successful in using the force he was upside down uh getting his lightsaber when he was in the wampa's cave which by the way there's a lot of bones in that cave i've always noticed the bones but this time i i i I shouldn't say I noticed for the first time, but I realized for the first time um, there's a lot of big spines in that cave. And those those wampas, you know, I don't know if that's a solitary creature or not because on screen he is, but, you know, the, the intention was that there's going to be lots of them. But um, he has killed and eaten a lot of large, large animals. That is a ferocious beast right there. Um, by the way, this was the special edition. So this was the edition where that beast had a little bit more screen time. And, um, you know, anyway, uh, he was upside down for that. He was upside down twice on Dagobah um, and lifting rocks and lifting boxes and, and lifting R2-D2. And, uh, and then he was upside down uh, underneath Cloud City when he called out to, to Leia. And... So that was interesting. I, I think there's actually maybe even something you could read into that as far as, you know, when he was successful in, in reaching out with his feelings and successful in, in finding peace um, and, and, and finding that uh, quiet, centered concentration, it was when he was upside down. Um, of course, when he failed, you know, like to lift up the, the X-Wing, he was standing right side up and... Um, the other thing I noticed is he crashes and falls so much in this movie. Crashes his X-Wing, crashes his Snowspeeder. Um, he loses three rides in this. Three rides. He uh, his, his Tauntaun gets killed by a Wampa, and then 
he crashes his snow speeder, crashes his X-Wing. Uh, I remember when I would play as a kid, I was, I, I crashed ships a lot. Uh, I carefully crashed them. I didn't throw them. I carefully crashed them, and then I would take off the pieces that were removable and, and that kind of thing. And the snow speeder had some really good removable pieces. Uh, the, the canopy came off, the lasers came off, the side barrels that, that would feed into the, the lasers, the exhaust, whatever, those would come off. You could take the battery uh, pack cover off, and you can make a really good damaged ship out of that that had to be repaired. And I remember just that thing would crash all the time, and it would crash on uh, a lot, a lot of times on a quicksand planet. Uh, that was actually taking Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back in particular, uh, and and mirroring or marrying it with uh, an episode of Buck Rogers, which I just happened to catch on MeTV a couple couple days ago. Actually, it was this this episode where uh, they were landing on a planet crash landing on a planet when they walked away from their ship their ship sank down into the into the soil and and uh and so i used to do that all the time when i was playing i'd make them crash and have to you know survive on the planet and, uh someday maybe i'll i'll be able to get around and write uh, a good sophisticated <laughs> far more sophisticated than my playtime uh in my in my bedroom uh but story about a crash ship or something i I just have a feeling that, you know, I did it so many times as a kid. Maybe I should try that as an adult. But there's other things to write right now, like Supersonic Pod Comics and finishing that uh, Ghost of the Future novel that I wrote. But anyway, um, again, I just feel like this is maybe not the perfect movie, but as far as a pulpy sci-fi with an intended audience of of kids, sort of, um, far far more so than than a lot of um, you know like Star Trek or something like that, but not as much so as the first Star Wars and, and definitely the Return of the Jedi. Um, it's the structure is just about perfect. The characterizations are just about perfect. I mean, I, I just kept, I really get drawn into to Luke's story. Mark Hamill does a great job of kind of embodying uh, Luke Skywalker. But the same can be said for every single uh, character in this. And I'm not saying anything new, really. I mean, I, it's it's a uh, like I said, it's it's people's favorite for a reason. But. Um, this was a lot of fun to kind of revisit that and to see it on the big screen. Like I said, it brought back a lot of those big childhood emotions of you know, what, how are they going to get out of this one and what is going on? I remember the confusion. I've seen that scene so many times of Luke stepping into that cave and Darth Vader steps out and he fights and he defeats him so quickly. I've seen that scene so many times. Um, but watching it this time, I remembered just the confusion that I felt as a kid, wondering what was going on. How did he he cut off Darth Vader's head so quickly? And even as a kid, I knew like that's too fast. You know that that happened too quickly. Um, so, oh, I, I I just yeah really enjoyed watching it, and and I'm excited. Um, to see more movies in the theater but again it was a little bit surreal but not as surreal as I thought it was going to be um, 
you know, it was more surreal when I was going to see King Kong at the beginning of all of this. And, and actually, it's fun. Actually, there's a connection between King Kong and Empire Strikes Back. Because the other thing I, I got reminded of, even though this was a special edition, they still retained some of the original stop motion effects and, and that sort of thing. But uh, my introduction to King Kong was through a making of special for Empire Strikes Back, where they talk about um, you know how they did the stop motion and uh, they refer back to other. Uh, other films and stuff and one of them was was king kong and so yeah it, those two movies are kind of connected in, in some ways uh for me and now they're connected as well as so the, the the last movie that i saw in theaters before this pandemic and then the first movie that i saw after not really after but uh but as things started opening up so um as far as you know, spiritual content, I, I just keep going back to that scene on Dagobah. And I know that the scene on Dagobah is, draws from a lot of Eastern mysticism. But there's also just, and, and this is you know, kind of that, um, there's a kernel of truth you know, that, that's going to show up um, because it can't help it. You know, the things that aren't true like Eastern mysticism going into Lewis and Tolkien and the Norse gods and, and that and how Lewis was was drawn to the truthiness that's found within the the Norse myths and you know that's that's what's happening here there's this truthiness that's within um, and and that that scene where you know he's walking into the cave and Yoda says you you know he asks what's in there and Yoda says whatever what you take in there and, and then he says, don't take your weapons. He literally tells Luke you know, what's going to be in there, what you take in there. And then he says, don't take your weapons. And Luke does it anyway. You know, and Luke just looks back at him as he's strapping it on, strapping on his belt with his lightsaber and his blaster. And, you know, it, what's nice about this is because he he does not succeed and of course this empire strikes back you know this is the this is the model of the uh take them to their lowest point kind of thing and uh and he's at his lowest point why is he at his lowest point because he didn't do things right um but thankfully you know he's he's doing wrong things for the right reasons and that's good that's that's a step towards growth um but at the same time, you know, I remember they, they did those Star Wars uh, kind of Elseworlds things where it was just one change to each movie. And uh, it would have been interesting to see what would the change have been with this if he had chosen to stay and continue his training with Yoda. Um, by the way, man, I still love Practical Puppet Yoda and just all of the practical effects it was really just so mind-boggling watching it this time seeing it up close and just seeing they built this world you know they built everything you know this was not something like with uh, he-man uh, with the masters of the universe movie the reason they go to earth and spend two uh, thirds of the movie on earth is so that they don't have to build everything but for empire strikes back for star i mean for all of them they had to build almost everything except for 
practical snow because they went on location. Uh, same with, you know, Tatooine. They went on location for, for that as well. But, I mean, they built all the sets. They built all these buildings and, and vehicles and droids and, you know, some of the, you could see some corners being cut, um, you know, reusing the uh, protocol droid um, shell, you know, and then the same with, uh, there was IG-88 was there as a character, but then you do see an IG droid um, in the in the trash area. But they built everything and created this world. And this movie, I think one of the reasons why it is so important as, uh, you know, looking at this franchise as being built is that they built this world, but there's also, you know, the Wampa that the Wampa does things, you know, and does things in a certain way. There's a life cycle to this creature and it's just hinted at with, with, uh, the way you have all this, the bones in the cave, but then you have that spot where that Wampa melted water and was able to freeze Luke's feet in the ceiling to hang him there until he was ready to be eaten. And the same with uh, the space the space worm in the asteroid. And I know these things have probably been fleshed out. I know the space worm has been fleshed out. I, I haven't read it. I don't know what the details are behind that. But there's an implied life cycle. And, and there is a lot of sci-fi ideas that's, that's going into the, the world building of this, this movie. But it, it really was, again, because it was so big and, and just seeing it on the big screen was so much fun. I, I was so glad, glad to do it. Glad to do it. Uh, I don't know if I'll get to see any of those other classic movies on the big screen because uh, my wife did not choose Jurassic Park for her party. My wife did not choose Inception for her party. She did not choose Goonies for her party. Uh, she chose The Greatest Showman. And, and why not? I mean, that is a good movie. Uh, she's seen that movie on the big screen a bunch of times. She hates going to see movies in theaters because they make her uncomfortable. She has to sit there for so long. She can't get up and move around. She can't, you know, whatever that you can do in the comfort of your own home. But, um, we saw, she went and saw it with her friends. She went and saw it with our kids. Uh, she went and saw it with me and, uh, she's seen it in the theater a number of times and one more time, one more time. And this'll, this'll be fun. So yeah, I've been sitting here. I've been parked here for a little while and it's time for me to just go inside and, uh, turn this off. But yeah, this was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Hey, I'm curious to hear what other people are doing and, and if other people are willing to venture out to theaters you know, contact us, um, let us know. And, uh, yeah, that's it for this episode. I want to thank you for listening and uh, until next time, may the force be with you and Godspeed. You've been listening to the strangers and aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jay Samuel. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. 
You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. I'm a rule follower.